when a child is diagnosed with a serious, life-threatening illness, everyone in the family is affected. These stories from those families will move and inspire you. The children are gentle and determined. The parents are resilient and courageous. Courageous Parents Network provides a safe space that supports and empowers them, validating their experiences and promoting their stories so that others may also find hope and strength. Welcome to the Courageous Parents Network podcast series. Jean and Tim share their family memories and the cancer diagnosis of their only daughter, Megan. Megan chose to follow the path of hope and gratitude as she fought against this disease. Her parents supported her wishes and continue to work to live lives that Megan would be proud of. Megan left this physical world August 9th, 2014, two days after her 14th birthday. I remember the first day after her surgery, and she wanted to look at her leg, and she pulled back the sheet, and she said, oh, that looks way better than I thought. I like my little leg. And I remember the child life specialist and the child psychologist and the nurses and the doctors all said not one patient has ever had such a positive response. Most patients wouldn't even look at their leg. And I just thought, oh my gosh, this child is so amazing, so amazing. And because she had that attitude, it was okay. It was okay for us. It was okay for her friends. She made it safe to be around somebody who had just lost their leg. This is Jean Sheehy. I'm Tim Sheehy. We're in the living room of our home in Marblehead, Massachusetts. And I'm here with my wife, Jean, to talk about our daughter, Megan. So I wanted to start on Megan's 13th birthday when we were on our sailboat Dragonfly at Jeremy Point off of Wellfleet in the Cape. And I remember it as being the most beautiful, sunny, perfect day, waking up on the boat, having her birthday there, and getting up and having a game of you and Megan jumping in the water. You remember how fun that was that day? That was really meant to be just a short swim on the way to having dinner at a place that Megan had picked, but it really turned out to be one of the highlights of our life together as a family. That day was so perfect, and we knew we had some news coming because we had gone in for her biopsies two weeks before, and this was our getaway. And I just remember feeling such joy and how everything would have to be fine. But then August, August 8th, the next day, remember how everything changed? We were on the sailboat, and I remember Megan's doctor called to say that she had osteosarcoma, and it would require chemotherapy right away as soon as we got back. And she said she's going to have to be in for three weeks at a time. She's going to have to be inpatient every week for three weeks, and then she'll have a week off. And I remember telling Megan and how she just fell apart, as we did, thinking of how her seventh grade year was going to be completely different. Even though she lost all her hair, which remember, that was the worst thing that was going to happen to her, she never wore a wig. Remember how she said, this is who I am from now on, and no matter where we were, she would go out and looked stunning. She had the most perfectly shaped head. Everybody said that it was lucky she did, (laughs) but she looked so beautiful and was so striking, even without hair. 
and she was so proud to be out in public or at school and never felt the need to cover up. And I was so proud of her for that. I just thought that was so brave. It set a tone for her path that proved incredibly useful to her in terms of her strength going down this entire path. She, I remember her saying one time that this is just how it is and people can get over themselves about the hair. And that was, it's an interesting thing because it did seem so worrisome before it happened. And then in comparison to the other challenges that we all faced, it was one that, that we all happily put aside. And then after all of that work of the chemo and her getting sicker and sicker with each treatment in February, remember we went back in and found the lump on her leg, and then we had to make a really hard decision. Megan was so hopeful and so passionate about living her life that she was incredibly brave and together about making the choice with us to go forward with the amputation rather than um, rather than fighting it or or uh, you know feeling sorry for herself or falling apart it was uh, it was a decision that she made with her eyes open and and I think her head and her heart up because that was going to be the path forward toward health at the time her charter school always allows the kids to pick and research a worthy cause and then put together an event to benefit that and they wanted to have Megan pick the charity so she chose a local charity called Angels Above that supports the child life program at Mass General pediatric floors where Megan had stayed and and so with her friends and terrific support from the school and from this entire community a music benefit was put on Megan and her friends performed at the time uh, that song Radioactive was extremely popular and Megan learned it and performed it because she thought it was amusing after some of the chemotherapy that she'd had with the radioactive tracers in it. I remember you and Megan singing We Are Each Other's Angels and just whew, a lot of tears in, in the audience. It was so beautiful. And you and Megan and her best friend and her dad all playing together up there and all of you just having such a wonderful time. That was the magic of that day. And then it was just a couple days later, we went in for the three-month scans and were shocked and devastated that there was tumor in every bit of her body, all through her lungs, everywhere. In an incredibly compassionate but clear and unmistakable way, the care team that had been every step of this journey with us at Mass General um, didn't leave us the opportunity for false hope. Instead, they gave us the compassionate truth, and they also gave us the gift of the suggestion that while there were plenty of potential options forward, we should seriously consider spending time together as a family and enjoying the time that we had. I remember that day as we were leaving, coming up out of a parking garage, unprompted from the back seat, Megan said to us, I don't want to go in a hospital. I want to be at home and I want to be with you. And I just remember, again, being blown away by how clear Megan's soul was about the choices that were before her as somebody who at the time was 13 years old. 
But after all of the tears and the crying, you know, she went back to school and she made a bucket list of the things she wanted to do. And one of those things was swimming with dolphins. And so within, I think, two weeks of that scan, we flew down to Atlantis and spent a week swimming with dolphins and playing with seals and being in the water every day and just having the times of our lives like nothing else was going on. We ran into a mom with some kids and the mom said, oh, I, I saw you earlier today. You were going up that Mayan temple into that crazy water slide that culminates through a plexiglass tube in the middle of a shark tank. And she said, I didn't want to interrupt you, but I wanted to say that I was so inspired by your courage. She shared with us that her husband had a prosthetic on his foot and that he would never take it off in public or go out in public and that she was going to try again to get him to see that he was missing things. And Megan had inspired this woman just through being herself to try again to work with her husband and and to be braver and bolder and to for this adult to be more like Megan. And I think at that time, because Megan had heard so often, you know, you're inspiring, you are my inspiration, and she didn't want to hear that. She wanted to be a normal 13-year-old girl completing seventh grade and having fun with her friends. But I think that that experience helped her understand that she didn't have to be up on a pedestal to be inspiring. She was inspiring just by being herself. So after we got back from that trip, Megan finished school. She finished seventh grade, and she was able to start the summer with a calendar full of events. We had something planned every day for the month of July, and that, to me, made it all worthwhile to have her home and to have her be able to live and to love and to express her feelings to her friends and to us was the greatest gift that we could have that summer. You know, Megan did enjoy her 14th birthday on August 7th, and she had made, I think, a promise to herself that she wasn't going to let cancer get her on August 8th, which she always considered to be the day that everything changed. And so somehow she managed to hold on until August the 9th, and that morning, she slipped away and got her angel wings. But I'm honored and and thrilled that of all of the people who think so highly of this girl, that you and I got to spend so much more time with her than anybody else did. We got the most exposure to her and, and her wonderful spirit. And that is a thing that makes me... Um, that makes me happy when I reflect back on all of this and and makes me both both proud and, and feel privileged in a way to have had that experience. So I think today as we have talked about all of this, I think about her being proud of us and watching what we do as we try to continue on without her with us, which is the hardest thing I've ever had to do and it's hard every day. But I hope she knows, too, how proud we are of her for all that she accomplished and the love and the joy she brought to our lives and to everybody. That's 
the gift I think we also had because we could tell her that right up to the very moment that she slipped away from us. But I think she's with us now. She's probably saying, all right, Mom, you've talked enough. (laughs) That's what I think, probably. The music you heard in this episode was by Chris Zabriskie. Please visit CourageousParentsNetwork.org for more stories of courage, wisdom, and compassion.